TII, item 226, May 24th, 2012. I'm Malkovich. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Golly! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. Today's episode is brought to you by Hover. Please visit tii.hover.com. That's tii.hover.com to get 10% off your domain name registrations. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Lewis for sending in the artwork for today's show. Lewis wrote, Hi, Rob. I thought I would send you this artwork for possible use as a cover art for an episode. It's from the iOS game Draw Something, which I drew the drawing here for the word iPhone. This is the actual drawing from the game round. I took a screenshot and then used PhotoForge 2 and FilterStorm on iOS to alter it. It's so that it now appears I was drawing this for TII. I hope you're doing well. I plan on going to BlogWorld again in June. Hope to see you there. Cheers, Lewis. Well, Lewis, thanks again for sending in this artwork. Folks, you can see Lewis's artwork in the TI app in the extras for episode 226, or if you subscribe via iTunes as the album artwork and also as a standalone post in the VIP section, and I'll try to get it up on Google Plus and Facebook as well. If you have some artwork and or music you've created on your iOS device and would like to share it with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com and make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. I would also like to mention uh, Lewis is the host of the most excellent Doctor Who podcast called Podshock. So just search for Podshock, one word, in iTunes to find his podcast. It is something all Doctor Who fans will really enjoy. And Lewis, I look forward to seeing you again at Blog World in June. I should also remind those in the New York area or anyone really interested in blogging and podcasting, Please check out blogworldexpo.com for more info on the Blog World Expo that's going to be running June 5th, 6th, and 7th. It's in New York City at the Javits Center, and that is just a short walk from Penn Station. Hope to see you there. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, the reliance by Apple and Android phones on the app as the central metaphor is outdated. Unquote. Chris Weber, President, Head of North America, Nokia, 10th of August, 2011. Yes, because we all knew how well WebOS did with their lack of apps. Reality is, WebOS was a very good OS in its day, but the lack of apps is what killed it versus iOS and Android. And in Mr. Weber's comments are shared by those at Microsoft working on Windows Phone OS, and it's lights out for Windows Phone OS as well. Just saying. Sorry, no promo codes to give away this week. But as always, if you are an app developer, email me if you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment. There is never a charge for you, the dev. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. And please also include a 60-second or less audio review of your app indicating you are the dev at the beginning. We start the news today with Apple design god Johnny Ive, or now officially Sir Johnny Ive, as he was just knighted. And part of being knighted these days means PR. 
And that means talking to the press, specifically the British press. And in one of those interviews, I've said he thinks the products he is currently working on are the, quote, most important and best work we've done, unquote. To which we now know who wound up with the reality distortion field generator when Steve passed away. Maybe we'll see Sir Johnny on stage at WWDC introducing the most important hardware ever in June. Reality distortion field generator turned up to 11, no doubt. At a past Blog World Expo, I was talking to a person I knew that was with an app startup. His company was getting funding from a well-known VC, Fred Wilson. Fred was telling startups doing apps to be on Android first. I think I mentioned that previously on one of the older episodes. Uh, yeah. I argued with the person that Fred was 100% completely wrong about this at the time. Again, this was well before Instagram did their recent sell-off to Facebook. Anyway, there is a great article in Fortune that talks about TechCrunch's expo called Disrupt that was going on in New York City this past week. At the event, a bunch of startups launched their products to those in attendance, and what Fortune had to say was the following. Quote, A trend that has become evident over the last couple of years Apple's ecosystem continues to dominate the tech world. Most people sported iPhones and Mac notebooks, while startups exhibited their products on iPads. When it comes to developing mobile apps and new software, everybody wants and needs to be in one place, Apple's App Store. The rows of tables lined with startups showing off their new products proved that despite the rising number of Android activations or the coming of Windows-powered phones, it's all about iOS, unquote. Sure hope Fred read that article. Just saying. Okay, I had to go get some Ben Gay to put on the muscle I pulled while I was patting myself on the back. On to the next story. And I had a few people email in about this next story asking me what I thought. And this next story is about IBM banning the use of Siri on phones of those that work for it. Their reasoning, or IBM's reasoning, is that Siri sends the voice data to the Apple servers to be processed. So when you are using Siri to compose a message or email, that info is getting sent to Apple servers. So what do I think of IBM's decision? Well, long-time listeners will remember when I said to stay away from Dragon Dictation for similar reasons. Granted, I'm not saying the average user should not use Siri. But if you have a company phone and that company happens to be IBM and you use Siri for anything work-related, you just sent that info to Apple. So yes, I understand 100% why IBM is concerned. And well, probably rightfully so. Apple says in their terms of service for Siri that you agree and consent to Apple and its subsidiaries and agents' collection, processing, and use of this information, including your voice input and use of data. Now, they are not selling the data or anything like that, and for everyday folks, I don't see any issue of Apple collecting this info. I trust Apple to do the right thing by their users when it comes to privacy and when it comes to user data. Again, Apple doesn't make money off of their user data, not like Facebook or Google. Apple makes money from selling hardware and services and basically making sure that they keep the customer number one. So again, I don't have a problem with Apple with this information, 
But in IBM's case, you know, you're talking about possibly sending private info to another tech company. So, you know, IBM, personal, or I shouldn't say personal, but private corporate data being sent to Apple servers, not, not, not the best thing in the world. So I can understand 100% why IBM did what they did to block Siri or turn Siri off on phones of IBM employees. Uh, to me, makes sense. Do I think this is or should be a big story? Heck no. Apple has always stated that Siri does not keep the data local, but rather sends it out for processing. So this is not something new. So there are my thoughts. Sorry, folks, no soapbox for me to jump on there. Kind of agree with IBM and understand why IBM did what they did. I want to take a minute now to talk about today's sponsor, and that is Hover. If you go to tii.hover.com, that's tii.hover.com, you can get 10% off your domain name registrations and transfers. As I said before, if you have not registered your name or your kids' names, you need to protect their identity. Get them that .com or .net domain before it's gone. Even if the, all they ever do with it is just forward it to their Facebook page, they will be so glad you did it for them. I registered both of my kids' names for them, so someday, hopefully, they'll say, Dad, thanks. Uh, for my oldest son, I registered henrywalch.com, and right now, that just forwards to my TII site for now. But for henrywalch.com slash movies, that forwards to his YouTube page. Eventually, when he starts his own app development company, he can forward henrywalch.com slash apps to his company page. Again, making additional redirects off your main URL with Hover is so easy and it's so quick to do. And as I've said before on the show, I'm not just singing their praises because they're advertising here. I'm singing their praises because I am a Hover customer and a very, very happy one. So whether you are registering a new .com or .net or some other .something domain, you can save 10% on those registrations and or 10% on domain transfers by going to tii.hover.com. That's tii.hover.com. Is it a time you like registering domain names again? Thanks, Hover, for supporting this show. Rob, your caller in Washington, D.C. for the summer that's looking for a good card scanner should look at Card Munch, which is actually been bought by LinkedIn. So it's got a nice direct connection to LinkedIn if there's some ongoing business interest with these people and allows you to directly import to your iPhone. The way it works is pretty cool is that you scan the card just taking a quick photograph. It gets uploaded to the Internet, and I imagine it's human beings review the card and enter it in and then send it back down to you in your phone. So it's pretty handy that way and very accurate. The other thing that um, they could look at if they wanted an immediate translation by machine is to take a look at an app called World Card Mobile, which does all of the translation mechanically. Don't know that it links to LinkedIn, but sure is accurate and works well. Personally use Card Munch. It's free and, you know, its connection to LinkedIn makes it more useful to me. One other thing, if he's having trouble remembering faces, is he could look at Evernote, Evernote's Hello app, which allows you to take a uh, photograph of the person and some notes and then remember them. Um, that is, of course, if you're an Evernote user. Oh, one other thing I should mention is Cardbunch does have a place for you to capture notes about the person uh, when you take the picture and upload it. So I uh, love the show. Keep up the great work. Thanks. 
Thanks for the feedback. Staying on this theme, into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. My answer for the person new to a city who was meeting lots of new people and wanted to store those contacts is to use Evernote Hello. Regards, Lewis. Thanks, Lewis, for another vote on Evernote Hello. So to sum up, Card Munch, World Card Mobile, and Evernote Hello are three apps you might want to be looking into if you're looking to take business contacts and store them up. Hey, Rob, this is Ben from Ankeny, Iowa. said on your show that you wanted to hear what people would like to see in iOS 6. The two jailbreak features that I miss um, when I'm not currently jailbroken, the first is some way to text while I'm in a different app. For instance, if I'm in a game and someone texts me with Byte SMS, I can just text them right back. I don't have to exit the game, and I can continue what I'm doing. I basically jailbreak for that feature alone. And uh, if that was in iOS 6, you know, I would question whether I would need to jailbreak anymore. The second feature that I miss when I am unjailbroken is, I forget what it's called, but it's where um, you get a vibrate every time you tap a key. And going from that to unjailbroken and losing that, you just, something's missing. It just feels like something's wrong. So those are the two features I would love to see in iOS 6. Thanks for the great show. I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. Thanks again. Bye. Ben, thanks for the suggestions. And just an FYI, the word you were looking for was haptic. So haptic feedback is what you were looking for there. Staying on this theme, here's another email we got on this. Hi, Rob. I'd like to see the ability to send contact list address automatically to TomTom as a navigate to location. The app around me does this, and it is very useful. Regards, Carl G. And another email on iOS features. Hi, Rob. One feature I would love to see in iOS 6 is the ability to filter your call log in more than just the all or the missed. There should be at least options to look at all outgoing and all incoming calls and also the ability to delete just the group you are looking at. For example, if I select missed and then go to edit and clear calls, all calls are currently deleted even if you're just looking at only the missed calls. So Apple, please make the recent calls log more user-friendly by allowing these filters and think of even more and better ways to filter, like maybe by allowing to show all calls from just one number or one area code. Also, I'd love to see more direct access to Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, etc. Maybe double tapping the appropriate indicator in the status bar, and it would, of course, be awesome if you could just tell Siri to turn on Bluetooth. Regards, Sieghard from Smithers, British Columbia, Canada. Well, Sieghard, I'm with you there. I would love for Siri to have control of turning on and off different functions on your iOS device. Well, on your iPhone right now. It would also be nice to see Siri on all your iOS devices in iOS 6. Back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Not many people know that you can put a folder as one of your four icons at the bottom row. Regards, Valdesir. Valdesir? Thank you very much for pointing that out. It's been a long time since we've mentioned that. So yeah, if you want to have more apps that you can have direct access to anywhere when you're moving around the different home screens, move a folder down and put your most used apps in that folder and put it in the bottom row. Hi, Rob. This is Kevin from New Jersey. And I was listening to item 225, and I heard um, your caller's review about the e-dollar sign P. 
N app, and you also uh, mentioned Instacast and their pricing issue. Well, I have a couple of apps that I do in-app purchases for periodically to remove ads or to get extended features, but they don't stay forever. It, it's only for a periodic time, and then I have to redo the in-app purchase if I want to uh, to keep those those extra features. Is that the same thing, or is that something different? Thanks. Keep what you're doing, and uh, love the show. Bye now. Hi, Kevin. Yep, that's the rental model. And there was a point in time where Apple was actually approving some apps that had the rental model about two years ago. And since then, they've tightened down and don't allow new apps or are not supposed to allow new apps to get through with the in-app purchase that is a timed uh, feature where once it goes out, you know, it goes out, you lose those features. Again, Apple did approve some apps. I know the old WTF app, Mark Marin's app, used to have that in-app purchase where you could purchase for one month, six months, or 12 months and get access to premium content, and then it would go away, and you, you would lose access to that. And then when it was over, you had to go back and redo the purchase. Now, when that was a situation, my day job company, we managed that app, created that app. We couldn't update the WTF app because we, if we updated it, we knew we were going to lose that. So it took us a while to get a new feature set in there. And, and the new WTF app, which has an outside third-party subscription service, i.e. Netflix model. But for the longest time, we had to leave the WTF app as, as was with bugs and not update it because we knew we would lose that in-app purchase if we did. We were told that by Apple. Sprint has a new campaign where they're offering 100 smackers for an old iPhone from another carrier if you sign up for a new two-year contract with Sprint for the iPhone 4S. To which I say, huh? 100 bucks? Really? That's all? Well, I guess if you have an old iPhone 3G, maybe. But big maybe there, even. Better off unlocking your old iPhone and selling it for more money on eBay or Craigslist. Granted, selling it is a pain that way, but... If you're someone that has a little bit of time, you can get more than $100 for your old iPhone. That said, if you are one that does not have the time and just wants to save $100 and have an old iPhone sitting around that you're not doing anything with, then until July 1st, you can get $100 off an iPhone 4S at Sprint when you trade in said old iPhone and sign up for a new two-year contract. But personally, for $100, I'd keep that old iPhone and just use it as an iPod Touch if you don't want to sell it. Into the rumor front we jump. And what is at the front of the rumor front this past week? Well, pictures of what is supposed to be the front panel of the next iPod Touch. And it would indicate the display would be 4.1 inches. And that the iPod Touch would be a little bit longer than the current iPod Touch. As with any of these rumors, take with a grain of salt must we... This next article had an interesting title, which is, quote, Apple to bring wow factor back to iPhone, unquote. And then the article goes into the recent rumor about the iPhone 2012 having a 4-inch screen. It then talks about speculation from analyst Shaw Wu that Apple will shake up the overall design and aesthetics. Sadly, there was no real meat here. And what I would like to say is that the next iPhone is likely not going to be here until late September at the earliest. So isn't it best to stop worrying about the next iPhone design until Apple gets up on stage and introduces it? Or at least until when they send out the invites for said event. 
Do you know how slow a news cycle it's been recently with regards to iOS? Well, there is an article that was talked about everywhere. I mean, I've seen 20, 30 links to this article. And, well, I guess now it's being mentioned here too. And that had to do with the design of the Apple charger for the iPhone. Look, I'm an electrical engineer and an RF engineer at that. And how Apple designs their chargers, well, that puts me to sleep. So no, I will not share any of the details of it here, other than to say in typical Apple fashion, they provide the best product for the end user. But really, multi-thousand word posts on the Apple charger? Oh my. The nice folks at Polaroid sent me a couple of promo codes for the Polaroid app. And me being the lazy kind of person that I am and just really just horrible about doing app reviews, I sent one of those promo codes off to Ben over at iOS Stuff and Reviews, and he did a great review for the Polaroid app. Quote, Polaroid makes it easy to get great photos using filters. It is an intuitive interface for both the iPhone, iPod Touch, and iPad. It comes with 14 different filters, but you could add custom filters if you would like. We found the 14 included to be plenty for casual use. We took this app for a test drive, and here's what we found. Things we like. One, very easy to apply filters and create new ones. Two, large text that's easy to read outdoors. Three, large preview window. Things we don't like. One, app looks very nice until you get into creating filters. It looks very dull compared to the rest of the app. Two, creating filters isn't as intuitive as we'd like. So overall, we think this is a great app for people who like to take quick photos that look unique. Rating four out of five, unquote. And Ben, thank you so much for that review. And folks, you can read that review also over at Ben's site. And that is just Google iOS stuff and reviews, and that'll take you to his site. And of course, I'll have a link to his site in the show notes over at todayinios.com. Hey, Rob, this is Don. Trying to figure out a problem I have with my phone. The earpiece is not working sometimes. I've tried to do a system restore. I've done, you know, reset on the phone. So I took it to Apple today, and they told me to try next time to do a full system restore, but restore it as a new phone and not as my phone, and then see if that makes the problem go away. Just kind of curious. If anyone else is having that problem, so love your show. And this is Don from uh, Everett, Washington. Thanks. Don, thanks for calling in. I don't really remember anyone calling in saying they had an issue with the earpiece on the front of the phone and what they did to fix it. So if there's anyone out there that's had this issue and was able to fix it, please let us know what you did to fix that problem with the earphone. Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Well, record that comment on your iOS device and email it to today in iOS at gmail.com. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I had been looking for an app for iOS or Mac for building circuit schematics akin to Circuit Maker for Windows for quite some time. Finally, I came across iCircuit and must say I'm greatly satisfied. It may seem a little pricey at $9.99, but it's worth it. It's universal and a desktop quality app. Building is easy, live circuit simulations is great, and making slash using sub-circuits is a breeze. If you are an electrical slash electronics person who is interested in design, it is a must-have. Regards, Lou Valencia. Lou, thanks so much for the review of iCircuit. 
link to it in the show notes over at todayinios.com, of course. Back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I have a question regarding the YouTube app. I know you can set a volume limit on the device for the music slash video player, but is there a workaround to lower the max volume on the YouTube app? Also, is there a way to lower the video quality in YouTube? Because sometimes it takes so long to stream a video, good quality, but I just want to watch it quicker streaming at a lower rate. Regards, Jason. Jason did a little research on this and came up empty. So if someone else out there knows how to do what Jason's asking for, changing the video quality on the YouTube app or changing the uh, volume max level for the YouTube app, please let us know. Give us a call or send us an email. Email bag, go shall we? Hi, Rob. I bought the Verizon model new iPad, and when I used the speed test app from the App Store, my LTE speed was consistently in the range of 5 to 8.7 meg on the download, and the upload was 17 meg. I find it really odd because my friend has a Verizon 4G phone, and he is getting 25 meg in the same area. So I literally drove down the road about one mile and tested again, and my download is now 38.7 meg, and my upload is 18.09 meg. What a difference that one mile made. Regards, John Sterling, Springfield Mo. Staying with this theme. Hi, Rob. I performed a speed test on my new iPad while on vacation in the Washington, D.C. area. I measured 31.24 meg on the down and 15.84 meg on the up. Sadly, I do not get the same speeds in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where I live. Regards, Tom Woodside. Gentlemen, thanks for sending in those speed tests. And folks, if you have the new iPad that has the LTE version, please send in your results for your speed tests. As always, let me know which carrier and where you are when you did said speed test. And now for an email on a different subject. Hi, Rob. On the last episode, you mentioned the Slingshot Kickstarter project. Well, I'm getting five for Christmas stocking stuffers. I have two teenage daughters that are always taking photos and videos with their phones, and it looks small enough that it could go in their purse, and I think it would be a great little tool for them to take pictures with. And if I get one for myself, I'll never get to use it. So I got five. Regards, David. David, thanks for that email, and please make sure to call in or write in after you get them to say how they work. And that, of course, goes to anyone that funds any Kickstarter project that is at all iOS-related. Please let me know about your experience with the project, what the project was, and also how the product worked itself, once you've received it, that is. Another email on Kickstarter. Hi, Rob. After listening to the most recent podcast in which you read out a few Kickstarter projects, I would like to draw your attention to the one I'm interested in. That is Farsight Studios, the Pinball Arcade, the Twilight Zone project. The Pinball Arcade is an awesome app that attempts to preserve real-life pinball tables in digital form. It's available on a few platforms, but I play it on my new iPad. There are eight tables available so far, but the Kickstarter goal is to raise money to pay $55,000 for licenses to create the highest-rated pinball table of all time, the Twilight Zone. Donations have reached $37,000 so far. A $10 donation gets you a copy of the table on the platform of your choice, except Xbox 360 due to Microsoft's restrictions. Anything raised over 55 k will go towards licensing of other expensive tables, most likely Star Trek The Next Generation. 
I encourage anyone interested in pinball to support this project. Let's make it happen. Regards, Kevin in the UK. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for the heads up. Folks, search for Pinball Arcade, two words, at kickstarter.com, or just look for the link in the show notes at todayinios.com. In for a penny, in for a pound. So we have another email here on Kickstarter. Hello, Rob. We would like to ask you to mention the King Kong Project on your podcast. It is a very unique app, as it is tied to a Kickstarter project to create a community-based app development website. We are looking for members to take part in user-designed iOS app creation via crowdsourcing. You can find the project by searching for King Pong, that's King Pong, two words, at kickstarter.com. And you can find the app by also searching for King Pong, two words, in iTunes. The app is free for the duration of the Kickstarter project. Highlights include multiplayer via Bluetooth, and even better, optimized for console play via Apple TV. Gameplay itself is currently basic, but that is intentional. Once we open the new website, the community will work together to improve graphics, add levels, etc. Other apps will also be developed with the community. Regards, Dan Shapley, owner, app different. Hi, Dan. Thanks for the heads up on your Kickstarter project. Folks, again, search for King Pong, two words, at kickstarter.com. This project runs until June 19th at 2 a.m. Eastern Time. Currently, they have about 1,000 pledged towards a goal of 35K. And finally, on the Kickstarter theme, another Kickstarter project that a, quite a few of you actually have emailed in about is the project called GTAR. G-T-A-R. It is a $399 or $450 Kickstarter project, depending on when you hear this that has already raised over $210,000 with 30 days to go. It is over double their funding goal of $100,000, so if you sign up, you will get it. There are just 298 units left or slots left at the $399 price. After that, it'll be $450. They already sold out of the $350 allocation. So what is said device? It is a guitar that you plug your iPhone into and then use the app to help teach you how to play the guitar. It includes lights that light up on the neck to show you where to hold to get the different chords and get the right notes. And it has three levels to help ease you into learning how to play. If you are interested in learning how to play the guitar or know someone that is and you have an extra $399 or $450, check out G-T-A-R in Kickstarter. Of course, please send in feedback if you get this. What I'm really looking for is U-K-L-L-Y, where you can plug your iPhone into a ukulele and learn how to play it. Maybe that will be their next Kickstarter project. Just saying. For the devs out there, I came across an interesting article with regards to launching slash promoting your app. The title is the Art of Launching an App, a Case Study. You can find links to this article in the show notes for episode 226 over at todayinios.com. Not going to go through it here. So if you are getting ready to launch your app or need to relaunch it, take a look at this article. And then also don't forget about sending in promo codes so that we can mention your app at the beginning of the show. That's always a good way to get your app promoted. Hey, Rob, it's barely... And I was calling because you had said that the iPod Touch, their numbers, their sales numbers were going down. 
it all of a sudden it dawned on me the reason I think this is probably a legitimate reason on why those numbers are going down. You have everybody who keeps upgrading their iPhones. Well, it's real easy to make an iPhone, in essence, an iPod Touch Plus. Uh, you do have speakers. You have a microphone. You can use a GPS feature with it as well. Uh, I've done that with my daughter, and also when I go running, I use my old 3GS uh, as kind of my running iPod Touch. So I've kind of stripped a lot of things out of it, but it is pretty useful in that in that way. Whereas uh, as a phone, it just it could not keep up anymore. Uh, so that's why I got the 4S. So maybe that's why we're beginning to see demand of the iPod Touch go down. Now that the market is really getting flooded with older iPhones that people are using, maybe uh, not in the way Apple initially intended, but at least it's a way of keeping it out there. And it is a good bridge uh, into the next realm. And one benefit also is that it does have 911 capabilities. So if you give it to someone and they get into trouble, well, if they have their touch, 911 will work even without a SIM card. Uh, At least that's what I was told. I haven't tried it yet. So anyway, that's it. Loving the show, and go Flyers. Hi, Beverly. Thanks for the feedback. And I can tell you firsthand, or at least my three-year-old son can tell you firsthand, that yes, an old iPhone will still call 911. He did that one day when I was sitting next to him. We were watching my son at football practice last year, back in August. And all of a sudden, I heard someone talking on the phone, which I thought at that point wasn't a phone, was an iPod Touch. And he had somehow figured out how to dial 911 and had the 911 operator on the phone. Back into the email bag we go. Hi Rob, I just noticed some apps such as Numbers are requiring your iOS device to be upgraded to at least 5.1. Do you think they are doing this so that users that want to use these apps won't be able to jailbreak or will have to remove their jailbreak? Regards, Randy. Hi Randy. You think? Yeah. I hate when Apple updates one of their apps to require you to be at the latest or close to the latest version of iOS. I am sure they would deny up and down it has anything to do with jailbreaking. And then when you walk out of the room, you'd hear laughter. I Rob heard on the show you've been looking for iOS 6 to allow you to lock individual apps. As you know, this is available via jailbreaking. And the app I like is AppLocker, which is Insidia, of course. With AppLocker, you can lock individual apps, you can lock folders, set up Wi-Fi place to ignore, ignore from the app switcher, toggle on and off, loads of options. Regards, Chris in London. Well, Chris, thanks for the heads up and mention of AppLocker. Another email that came in. Hi, Rob. I ended up upgrading to 5.1.1 due to poor performance from my jailbreak in 5.0.1 iPhone 4. My iPhone is off contract, so now that I'm quote-unquote official on the iOS, I'm thinking about starting the process to get the phone unlocked from AT&T. If I do, I plan to jailbreak in the future. Will the jailbreak in the future wipe out the unlock? Thanks, John. Hi, John. It should, in theory, not do anything to the unlock when the tethered jailbreak is available and you use that. But just to be safe, when the next jailbreak is announced, don't be the first or anywhere close to the first when it comes time to do or when you do your jailbreak. Wait at least until I put out an episode after the jailbreak is announced to see if there are any issues, especially with regards to people that had an officially unlocked AT&T phone. 
or to say in a few words, which just took many, we won't know until the next jailbreak comes out. Switching gears, Ohio State announced that they plan to loan iPads to all of their 1,100 student-athletes. They will give out 500 this year and the remainder next year. This will come from their athletics budget, which would be in the 300 to 350k range per year, depending on the unit specs and student discounts, which really is chump change considering that Ohio State's athletic budget is $128 million this past year. The reason for the iPads is noble, to help students with their studies and to help them participate online when they are away from campus for sporting events. Kudos to Ohio State. I hope this program works well for you and hope other schools do this as well. Apple's latest iPhone commercial star John Malkovich and Siri. He has two where he's talking to Siri and the first one he goes, weather, then evening, then joke, which Siri gives him responses to. In the other commercial, he asks Siri, life, and then compliments Siri on its answer. Then everyone watching the commercial is thrown out of a vortex into the ditch of the side of New Jersey Turnpike. And to see the commercial again, you need to get on an elevator and stop at the seven and a half floor. If you did not get that joke or attempt thereof, go to Netflix and search Being John Malkovich and watch that movie tonight. You can stream it from Netflix. Great movie. A quick note on the state of the untethered jailbreak for iOS 5.1.1. It's close. Real close, as in maybe it will be released by the time you hear this episode. Let me say this. Do not, repeat, do not be the first to update and jailbreak to the new jailbreak. Wait until there is some feedback and updates to the jailbreak. Normally these jailbreaks come out and then there's an update and an update and an update. Why are they updating so quick after it comes out? to fix bugs. I'll do my best to to get a tutorial up on the site showing how to do it step by step. And of course, there'll be comments there where you can see issues that other people are having. Every time there is one of these new jailbreaks, some of you don't listen and go and do it. For those of you, please send in your feedback so others can benefit from your reckless abandon. As always, either Email your experience in to todayinios at gmail.com or give us a call 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Hi, Rob. I was wondering if there is a way or an app to create a wireless hotspot without an internet connection. Example, I want to connect an iPad and an Apple TV together at my cabin that has no internet, just for iPad mirroring. Any ideas or suggestions without paying for internet on the iPad monthly? Note, I also have an iPhone 4S and the new iPad. Regards, Lance in Wisconsin. Lance, I'm going to throw that one out to the audience. I know there's some really good IT guys out there. So folks, if you know a good way for people to create a Wi-Fi network without an internet connection where you can then use, as uh, Lance was just asking, so you can use uh, mirroring for the iPad, please let us know. Another email. Hi, Rob. I'm Savir from the Faroe Islands. A friend of mine was in the U.S. and bought me an iPad 3rd generation, 64 gig Wi-Fi, and an Apple TV 3rd gen. Now, both of these devices are running on firmware 5.1, and there is an update to 5.1.1. My question is, if I upgrade the firmware, am I going to lock the iPad and Apple TV? 
I don't have a U.S. iTunes account. Looking forward to hear from you. Thanks so much for doing the show because it's so helpful. Best regards, Sevier. Well, Sevier, what may happen when you upgrade is that your local region code would be applied. And that may mean some items may not be available content-wise on Apple TV. And so that's probably about the worst that's going to happen. But it would not lock up devices, or at least it should not lock up the devices. So again, probably worst case scenario, new region code, and you're going to have less access to certain content through Apple TV. One more email. Hi, Rob. I want to give you feedback regarding my consumer experience with AT&T per unlocking an iPhone 3GS after I upgraded to the iPhone 4S model. I had feared running into issues based on some comments I read from other users. To my surprise, it was a very easy process. I called AT&T, told them what I wanted to have done with my iPhone and have it unlocked, and in less than seven minutes from picking up the phone, the request was accepted and AT&T gave me a case number along with a resolution date of May 31st, seven days from my call. I was happy that the customer service rep understood immediately what I wanted done and she could take care of it on the spot. Even more pleasant was the fact I got an email the same day, about six hours later, informing me that I can now complete the unlock process by connecting my iPhone to iTunes and following instructions. My 3GS is now running iOS 5.1.1. It is unlocked. I tested it with a non-AT&T SIM card and everything is working just fine. Maybe I was lucky, but AT&T provided great service and a fast speed. Regards, Jahan O from Westminster, Colorado. And yes, folks, I did do a reverse Google on Johan because I had his full name and he does not work for AT&T. So Johan, thank you for that good feedback. It's always nice to get some positive stuff here and there. I know we get some negative ones. One thing's for sure, the AT&T customer service reps now are much more educated about the unlock process than they were the first couple weeks when that service was made available. Okay, I have a special request. I'd like to ask you, the listeners, to mention this show on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, Pinterest, or any other social media outlet you use. I can only do so much promotion of the show, and the more time I spend promoting the show, the less time I spend working on content for the show. So anything you can do to help out helps me out and helps you get more and better content. So again, please, anything you can do to help promote the show is greatly appreciated. If you have the TII app, there is a Facebook and Twitter and email share button under the artwork preview for the show. Please tap one of those buttons and help get the word out about TII. As I mentioned earlier, I'll be at Blog World Expo June 5th, 6th, and 7th. I would love to see you there. Go to blogworldexpo.com for more info and, of course, email me and let me know if you're coming. If you are an app dev and you want to get your app featured at the beginning of the episode, please send me your 60-second or less audio review of your app indicating upfront you are the dev, and also send me the five promo codes to give away, and we'll get you in the promo giveaway segment at the beginning of a future episode. Please don't forget about the TI app. If you have not purchased it yet, it is just $2.99 in the iTunes App Store, and it is the best way to listen to this show, and it makes it so easy to send feedback and most importantly, you get a push message when a new episode goes up. And like this past week, you'll also get some pushes when there's some special news. 
like this past week when Best Buy's deal of the day was the $100 iTunes gift card for just $80. I sat on a push on that, so I know there were a few of you that had purchased these in the past and also this past week, and that more than makes up for the cost of the app. Again, just search for TII in the App Store. Okay, cute, funny little personal story has nothing to do with iOS. My youngest son, who turns four next week, he loves to sing. He sings all the time. Rather than talk to you, he'll sing to you. Normally, he sings to music on his iPhone or iPad, but last week, he pulled out the old CD player boombox and asked for me to put in a CD for him to sing to. I put in some Tony Bennett. He turns to me and says, he doesn't like this. And then he says, quote, I like the hard stuff, unquote, to which I put in the Nirvana CD after I was finished laughing, and he was very happy. Okay, so I don't do personal stories often, but I wanted to share. I would like to thank today's sponsor, and that is Hover. Go to tii.hover.com, that's tii.hover.com, to save 10% on your domain name registrations and transfers. And finally, if you have any tips, tricks, questions, answers, app reviews, product reviews, or anything else you want to share with the audience, please either email to me at todayinios at gmail.com or call it in to 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Anything that was talked about today, you can find links to in the show notes over at todayinios.com. And that, folks, will wrap us up. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.